Welcome to the Crimson Circle Show. Welcome for those of you listening at thecrimsoncircle.com or watching crimsoncircle.com. We have an incredible, amazing, passionate audience with us for this special transhuman segment. Ready for Jeff? Ready for the shout? Heaven! Heaven! Shambra, heaven! So, no matter where you are, I hope that you could tap into that energy. I've got goosebumps running all and up and down my body, and I hope that Adamus lives up to our expectation today. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure on Jeff, but I think he can do it. I'm not sure he appreciates the humor. So, with that, with the joy in this room, I invite each of us to breathe in the energy that is right here, right here, present for anyone that chooses to just take the good deep breath and feel it. Feel those energies. Allow the energies to flow, to feel, to open. Take the good deep breath and feel as the energies shift in Jeff as he opens up to Adamus even more. Take the good deep breath and invite Adamus in close, each of us, if we choose. He's here for us every step of the way. So take that good deep breath, and as you breathe, let's open our senses, human and divine, really allowing ourselves presence and to help us move through that, to open us up. Let's breathe and feel the music of Johan. Open to it. You can see them. You can feel it. You can hear it. Taste it. Take the good deep breath as we all invite Adamas here for us. Breathe and allow with all that you are.
Saint-Germain. So I have to say you're even better looking in person than you are just in spirit. What a, what a beautiful group. And let's turn up the house lights a little bit. We're going to be walking and talking today. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. Couple things before we start the walk around. This is our shout, our monthly shout. We're in the transhuman series, and I called it transhuman series intentionally because there is a movement on the planet right now, as I speak, a movement that involves artificial intelligence and robotics. That movement is called transhumanism. That movement is all about replacing 
the human mind and the human body with more advanced technology. You know, the body and the mind, the way they are, have been around for a long time, just eons of time. Evolution is a very slow, slow process, but now with technology, the human body and the mind can be first augmented. Augmented means improved. You get a new limb, you get a, a new heart, a new liver, or whatever. It can be augmented, not just with regular human tissue, but with tissue that's uh, developed in a laboratory by machines and put into the body. It makes, it makes your, well, if you get a replacement hip or arm or anything else, it, it brings it up to, uh, to speed, makes things less painful. That same technology is already being used in the mind to augment the mind. Imagine having a little device implanted into your brain that does things like improves memory, improves balance, improves um, your general intelligence. And it's happening right now. This isn't just science fiction. This isn't something off in the future. It's happening right now. Scary? Perhaps a good thing for humanity? Absolutely, if you're in need of, like, so if you have a medical condition and need some improvement, absolutely, it can be a very, very positive, beneficial thing. Nobody ever said that the human body had to just be biological tissue. It could be printed on a machine. It could be developed through nanotechnology. It doesn't have to be just biology. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? That's to be determined. And the next 10 to 12 years on the planet are going to be most interesting as all of this technology comes out of the laboratory and is made available to each and every one of you for a price, of course. But this whole transhumanism movement, the movement to a technological body and mind, could also prove to be a disaster. If there are things like power and greed involved in it, if it takes people away from their consciousness, their heart, their true self, it could cause some very interesting dilemmas on this planet. So I called this series that we're in the transhuman series because there is also another approach. Transhuman meaning the transcendence uh, of the, the old human biology and mind. There's another way, and it's what each and every one of you are doing. Now, I'm not saying don't have a, a technology improvement, but I'm saying always be aware, always be aware that you have this thing called consciousness. You have the ability to be in multiple realities without using any electronics whatsoever. The ability to be in the and, multiple technologies. You have the ability right now, as you sit here, every one of you without exception and every one of you listening in, to make over your biology, to make over your body not just in new flesh and bones, but in something that is referred to as the light body. Your body already has the ability through what I've called the aniatron, the body's light communication network, to release diseases, to actually make your body uh, more flexible, 
more efficient, more energized. It's there right now. Most people aren't even aware of it. And even those who are aware of it don't step back out of their minds and let it do the rejuvenation process on their body. By the way, for all of you, I'm over here. I'm not up there. <laughs> Technology. Technology. You're looking in screens. I'm right here. Or you can close your eyes if you choose. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm watching all of you watch over there. It's, it's a perfect example of this whole, well, you could call it virtual reality. Thank you. Less distraction. It was that easy. Where was I? Transhumanism. You are transhumanists. Uh, by the way, the energy just changed when those went off. It's a drastic change. You are transhumanists in a very new and different way. Your body can be rejuvenated with itself, with the aniatron, through allowing. It doesn't have to be a technology that's put into your body. You can do it right now. You can allow your light body to come in. Right now. Take a deep breath. Get out of your way. You hear me talk oftentimes about these things you eat and ingest into your body. You're just out of trust with the aniatron. Take a deep breath and just let it do the work right now. Sometimes, yes, it's a little painful to go through that deep level of biology shift. There's a little pain involved. But take a deep breath and go deeply into the allowing, the allowing of that aniatron to rejuvenate the physical body. The body actually should get better with age because it has more experience, more wisdom in every cell. It should get better, not older, not more worn out. And a lot of you are still on the age path, that linear age path. Well, I'm getting older. So my eyesight, my hearing, my back, my whatever is giving out. I'm getting old, and then that's going to be the end of it. Not at all. The transhumanist understands that the light body comes in. It replaces, or not replaces, it augments, it shares with the biological body. And the biological body is suddenly rejuvenated and invigorated. Theoretically, the biggest question or problem you should have is, geez, now I have this vital body, a dynamic body, flexible body. I'm going to be around for a lot longer on this planet. What am I going to do? <laughs> what am I going to do? We'll address that in a little bit. So transhumanists, in your mind, we're, we're not using chips implanted in the brain. We're not using any sort of uh, special electronics to release us from the limitations and the confines of the brain. The brain is a wonderful tool for an animal or for a human who needs to do things like knowing how to drive a car or pour a glass of wine, the, the functional things. But the brain is not a creative source. There is no creativity whatsoever in the brain. And I know science will dispute that, but they'll eventually come to agree. Science will eventually agree with everything that I say. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> I say that humbly. <laughs> Through allowing, you release the lock of the brain. You release the limitations that you've placed on yourself by only going through the mind. You 
you simply expand into other realms. It's a little strange at first. You get a little dizzy, a little uh, disoriented. Well, real dizzy, real disoriented. But you start going into the and. You're not just the human. You're the human and the master and the Atlantean and the, the Merlin and the future self and all of the rest of those. You live in a, a, uh, a reality of multiples, not singular. Not singular. That's part of the answer to, what do I do all day now that I have this body that's going to last forever? You're now in the and. It's not so linear and so age-based and so boring and dull. You're sensual. Tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to focus on sensuality. I've talked a lot about it because it is so important. Without sensuality, you're not going to want to stay on the planet. Without sensuality, you're not going to want to spend another 50, 75, 200 years on the planet. That's so boring. <laughs> so boring. What am I going to do? But with sensuality, you never, you never question it. You never wonder what you're going to do, because you simply take a deep breath and you go into the multiple realities that are already there, that are already there. So we're in the transhuman series. We're taking a different approach uh, rather than just using technology, a very, very different approach. In that whole work we've been doing over these years, uh, recently I've had to really do a big shift in my work as Adamus, working with you. I've spent a lot of years working with you on simply understanding enlightenment, or what I prefer to call it, realization. Simply understanding realization is here. It's available. You don't actually have to work at it. You really just allow it. We've been talking about a lot of concepts of realization, embodied realization. Realization really just meaning awareness, consciousness. Awareness. And most of you would say, well, geez, I'm aware. I know I'm here. Well, no, you were over there on the screens. <laughs> Realization is simply awareness in multiple realms, and even more awareness of things like sensuality. So my dear friends, my dear transhumanists, that's where we're going. That's where you're going. And again, it's not in opposition to the mechanical and technology transhumanists who are replacing body parts and the mind with technology. We're, it's, it's not us against them at all. At all. Uh, it, it's, technology can be a wonderful thing, but it's simply an alternative. It's simply a different direction. So let's take a good deep breath with that. For all the work we're doing. I've had to change uh, how I work with Chambra, going from the theories of embodied, embodied realization, going from discussions of things like enlightenment, and now into actually energetically and verbally working with you on the actual embodiment. In other words, going from philosophy going from concept into really doing it. You're doing it. You really are. As you sit here right now, there's an evolution. There's a, there's a 
transcendence process that's working right now. And it works really best a lot of times when you're distracted, when you're not thinking about it. As I've often said, I'm really not a teacher whatsoever. I'm simply your distractor. That's all. So <clears throat> now it raises a lot of issues, as you know. It raises a lot of issues. It's tough being a transhumanist like you are. You're no longer like the others. And you've realized that. Not better or worse, you're just not like the others so much. You understand them because that's where you've come from. You have tremendous empathy because you know where they're at, you know how they're into the sin or karma routine. You understand because you came from there. But you're really not like that anymore. You, there's the relationships with families and friends and general society becomes very, very different. And it's awkward at times. You don't feel you fit in. You don't feel that you can even uh, really tolerate being around humans, other humans, for long periods of time. It's a, it's a very lonely, kind of an isolated feeling that every Ascended Master has gone through. Every one of them. And then the doubt sets in. The doubt. What am I doing? Is this really going to work? A and when the doubt sets in, you tend to then go back to working at it. I better meditate a little bit more. I better even do just more breathing. I better do something to keep myself uh, in that kind of consciousness that I was in. So. The doubt sets in, and now you, you feel that you have to start working at it. The mind starts going away, nagging at you. What are you doing? When is this going to happen? What do I have to do to make it happen? Is this all just a great big fool's paradise? Is it just a big fool's paradise? Taken from Shakespeare, of course. And it's an interesting question. It's a very interesting question, and I wouldn't even want to answer it with the obvious, no, uh, this is real. Because it brings up the question, what, for instance, first of all, what is a fool's paradise? Well, fool's paradise is, um, is a, a line, a reference, to one who lives in delusion but is actually quite happy with it. <laughs> the others look at it from the outside and say, a mirrors in fool's paradise. And uh, well, they have, I'm sorry, but they have. They have. He's in fool's paradise. He, he's, not, he's not really a, a present. He's not really aware. He's kind of off in his own world in la la land. And not just you, Amir, but everybody. So the doubt sets in, and you wonder. You wonder, am I in fool's paradise? Am I making this up? Uh, and then you try to justify it by saying, well, if I was just making it up, why would 300 other people be here? Well, maybe you just have a big boat with fool's paradise. <laughs> and then you say to yourself, well, there's tens of thousands, maybe 100,000 other Chambres, so I couldn't be totally crazy. At least I have company in Fool's Paradise. <laughs> and then you start to realize 
who's really in fool's paradise? Who's really in fool's paradise? Because if I was to say to you, well, I'm sorry, but this is all a joke. You have to go back. All a joke. You got to go back to regular human living. I'm sorry, you have to go back and apply for a nine to five job uh, or working in a factory. I'm sorry, but you have to go get remarried and have kids again. <laughs> and grow up in the same family that you had before growing up. I'm sorry, but this was all a big joke. Go back. Go back. I think there would be a little resistance. <laughs> oh, and on top of that, not only go back, but yes, there is a God in heaven, and he is pissed. He is, <laughs> you pissed him off. And it's a he, and he's really mad because you, you, you were told, you were told, you know, sit down and pray, but you didn't. You were told, you know, lead a good life, do things for everybody else, but never for yourself. You were told, and look what happened. God is pissed. <laughs> so you end up in a kind of a predicament. <laughs> you end up in a real predicament. Here you are in your own kind of fool's paradise. Here you are, but I don't think any of you would really want to go back. I, I really don't. So the dilemma is, well, OK, I'm here in fool's paradise. Let's just make it work. Let's just do it. Let's just, as foolish as it sounds, as made up as it sounds, let's just have something called consciousness. Why not? It sounds pretty easy. Let's just have something called embodied enlightenment, even if it never existed before, even if there are no other ascended masters. Let's just do it, because you're not willing to go back. You're not willing to get on that, that merry-go-round, going around lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. She said, let's just do it. Embodied enlightenment. Let's allow more of ourselves than we ever allowed before. Who knows what it is? Who cares? We're fools. Who cares? Just open it up and let it come in. Let's just go crazy. They already think that we're crazy. Let's just go, let's just make all this up even more. Let's just create that reality, even if it was never there before, because it's a whole lot better than what we were doing back in that fool's paradise. It brings up the whole issue of really, where is the fool's paradise? Where is it? Is it back there? in the old world, the old earth? Is it back there with jobs and uh, maybe relationships that aren't totally fulfilling, a colorless life, uh, but, and mass consciousness and hypnosis? Perhaps that is the fool's paradise, thinking that you have to abide by all the social standards that you have to, that you shouldn't love and take care of yourself, that you have to follow a lot, a lot of rules that change every day, whether they're political rules or health rules or environmental rules. Maybe that's the fool's paradise. Um, and to justify it, maybe it's that they're still asleep, but you're not. You've woken up to something, to something. Something came along and woke you up and brought you to this point, brought you to this fool's paradise. So let's just make it work, because it can. Anything 
you allow becomes. It's really quite simple. Fool's paradise, doubting yourself, wondering if this is real. Yes, it's, it's absolutely natural and common to wonder, because the mind still has patterns, still remembers the past, still sees other people going about their normal lives, and you wonder, am I just making this up? Am I in fool's paradise? But at that point, you take a deep breath and say, just bring it on. Bring it on, and then it will be so. So let's take a big breath for our fool's paradise. But is it really fool's paradise? Or is it simply, simply embodied enlightenment? Why not? Good deep breath. And now it's time for questions and answers. Ooh. My questions, your answers. But this is a little different this time. It's a little bit of a game that we're going to play. It's a game and a test, all wrapped in one. I'm ready. Linda on the microphone. Now here's the setup. I talked before about the, uh, the Atlantean dream in our first session. Remember that? It wasn't too long ago, but earlier today. <laughs> the Atlantean dream. And you got to experience it firsthand, the Atlantean dream. Now, pretend for a moment that you're a reporter, a journalist, writing a story about this, well, fool's paradise, about this group who calls themselves Chambra. You're a reporter for the Sedona Gazette. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to do a story about this group called Chambra because well, it's an unusual group. It really doesn't fit into the other New Age groups at all. As a matter of fact, one of the competitive magazines, Sedona Journal, won't even talk to Crimson Circle, won't even write articles, but that's a good thing. You're a reporter writing a story about this group called Crimson Circle. Now, a reporter generally works with uh, a few elements to help write, make a good story. It is the who, what, where, when, and why. Any of you here journalists that might understand? I know uh, His Eminence, uh, Mr. Von Rohr, as a journalist, who, what, where, when, and why. Now, well, I'm getting to how. <laughs> I purposely left that out, but thank you. So now Linda's going to take the microphone, and uh, let's say if you raise your hand, so she's not just going to dump it on your lap, but if nobody raises their hand, then we're going to have to dump it on your lap. And the first question, as a reporter for the Sedona Gazette, the first question uh, that comes is, who? Who? So Linda, who are you writing the story about? Any hands? We're going to start with Wolfing. <laughs> <laughs> His Eminence. And His Eminence, that was a true story about the Pope, uh, me taking my clothes off. Who? Yeah. Crazy Who? people, they call themselves spiritual, they drink, they smoke, they eat meat, they are do they ludicrous. Do they fornicate? They are ludicrous. Not very often. No, they don't <laughs> fornicate, they have a good fuck. <laughs> And they have this fuck in very many ways. 
Aha. Like, fuck you. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> so and so is a good fuck. Have What you the, heard? Yeah. So, who is this group? It's an outrageous group yes. reaching for the stars and almost touching them, some actually touching them. Good, wow. excellent. That's a good beginning wow. of our story. Good wow. beginning. Wow. Any, anybody else want to address the who? 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 Anybody else? Yes, who? Uh, and Wolfing, that was a, a very good description. Who I is, think he's been drinking the Kool-Aid, but okay. <laughs> who is... Go, go ahead, yes. Yeah, Chambra Would you mind group standing group? up so we can I all see so you? I have so many blankets around. Well, then stay seated. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Are you chilly? Yeah, cold? yeah, 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 it's cold. Yeah. Uh, I would say Chambra is a group of people who doesn't feel guilty for masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that mic. It's going to be an interesting article. Fornication, masturbating, okay. You know, I, I just got to stop for a moment. Is that how you want to be known? I, yeah. I can see it in uh, uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, Chambra, the group that masturbates and fornicates. But they think they're spiritual. <laughs> okay, good. Anybody else on the who? <laughs> on the who? Chambra. Chambra okay. is the uh, people that are enjoying their lives yes. and really give a fuck of all <laughs> what mass consciousness says. <laughs> Good. I think we're really revealing the true Chambra here. <laughs> Good. I like that. Yes. Who? Anybody else? Okay. This one, this one. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> This is a mis Oh, no. This, go ahead. Who? Um, Who? In Australia, we use the term, they're a weird mob. Weird mob. So a, a mob is a group. That, yes. A, what is it? A um, collective pronoun? Um, and um, they, they come in all guises. Yes. They are round, tall, Thin, and they get dressed up in weird uh, and that, costumes. No, could we get a shot back there of a typical chambra in the back with the glasses on and the, yeah, and the outfit? Yeah, T typical chambra. Who? Yeah, fornicators and partiers. Yes. <laughs> Good. And, Good. And not only do they like to play with themselves, they play really hard with each other. They dance and sing. Yeah. Good. Okay. Anybody else on the who? Who? This yeah. is starting to sound like U.S. news. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Anybody oh, else? Wait, wait, there was here, one more. Over who? Here, over here. Down there. Would you pass that down to her? Thank you. Okay. For me, uh, we all are people. When they hear the word impossible, yes. they say, "There I go." That's for me. Good. I like that. There is no impossible. There's no impossible. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, one more. One more. One more. Where's another hand? Who? Oh, down here. It's the group who loves themselves. Oh. Good. Good. Group who nice. loves themselves. Good. Now, my take on it for who is a group that's known 
each other since the times of Atlantis, since the temples of Tien, when they knew things were kind of shifting in a not-so-good direction. A group who understood that there was more to life than what, what appears obvious through the physical body and mind. Uh, a group who knew there is something called spirit or consciousness. And that group came together very closely and deeply back in those times and dreamt together. They dreamt of the very time I talked about in our first session. A lot of that group came back together at the time of Yeshua, the one known as also as Jesus. That group came back together to plant the beginnings of what is called the Christ consciousness seed. Some call it divinity. I call it consciousness. Knowing that it would be a while, take a while for that seed to germinate and sprout. But that very group also made a commitment to themselves and each other to come back at that time, when the time was right, to partake of that seed that had now grown into a beautiful plant. In other words, to eat and to drink and to be in thy divinity in an embodied way. That's my take on the who. Now let's get, thank you. Now, the what? 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 Linda, microphone? What? We have the who, what? Huh. Yeah, that's a good question. Yes. <laughs> uh, what? Um, uh, Just make something up. Yeah. It's, it's so really to me, the it's, a, it's kind of, um, yeah. In a way, we, we are both the first and the last ones, uh -huh. in a way. So yeah. that's what. Yeah, what? Good. Yeah, good. Uh, by the way, I always, I always... How come you didn't say pirates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, um, pirates. Yeah, we are pirates too. We yeah. are spiritual pirates, actually. Good, I like that. It's like I, I see it. Yeah. And I love uh, by, by the way, uh, also, you got the microphone, your energy kind of got stuck in the head, which happens. That's the time for all of you, if you just get stuck, just take a deep breath and make something up. It gets the energy moving, then you get to laughing, then you get back into uh, your, your yeah. real self. Yeah, good, I like that. Pirates. Thank you. Good, thank you. He hosts the pirates. <laughs> what? Writing this article for the Sedona Gazette. What, what the? Go ahead, stand up so we can, <laughs> actually, you gotta come up here. What? Would you come up here so we can all see you? So this is what? <laughs> A lo lovely, lovely costume. And where is your friend all decorated? Yes, you have to come up also. This, this is what? I, I mean, what? I love costumes. I love a little acting. You know, it's so easy to get stuck in the energies. Uh, just a little theatrics, a little acting. And sometimes you might... So sometimes you might look silly. Out of Earth greetings from Theos. Straight from Theos. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> how, how is everything on Theos? Fine. You can do what you want. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> why, why did you come back? 
Oh, to join you. To join me to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, have, to, to have fun. To have fun. Yeah. yeah, it looks like you are having fun. <laughs> yes, thank you both. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I just wanted the cameras to see you. You can give that to Linda. What? Next, what? 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 So what did I have to do if I get stuck? Uh, you take a deep breath. <laughs> and <laughs> you take a deep breath and you make anything up, anything. Okay. Yeah. Without thinking about it. This is really fun. Yeah. So you're writing this article for the Sedona Gazette about this strange group. Now you have to write about what? What, what they're doing? What, what are they doing? I feel we like to torture ourselves. So. Ah, like, they like to <laughs> masturbate and torture themselves. Boom, 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 boom. For okay, God's this sake. is going to be a really good article. <laughs> thank, thank you. Well, and actually, there's some truth in that. There is some absolute truth in that. There is um, a little bit of a need for self-inflicted suffering. Because if you're not suffering, you're not really working at it. Nothing is happening. So you, you got to kind of suffer through it. But let's let all that be gone now. Oof. Okay, a couple more what's. What? They actually believe that time is not working for them anymore, that they are free, energy, and you know, nothing what normal people believe in is working for them anymore. So. Very strange, very yes. strange. That, uh, that, so they're not in time, they, they think that energy is they free. They move out of the mind, they move out of time, they move out of normal rules. Yeah, so. yeah. Gotta, be, gotta be a fool's paradise. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, a so couple more. over here, please, way what? over here, please. What? Make it far away. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we'll go back to this side of the room. <laughs> David is doing so good in the camera. Yes, what? I would say they are the pattern breakers and the chaos makers. Oh, I like that. Whoa. I like that. That was good. Wow. Pattern breakers, chaos wow. makers. That's award winning. But one Whoa. more what? One Whoa. more what? One more, wait. There was a, oh, I, oh, here's an interesting one. This is a professional one. Okay, I don't know what we're going to do with this. What? While some people, they want to fornicate, others want to explore consciousness and yeah. really go to the edge and beyond. Yeah, good. I like that. What? So what I would describe as saying uh, it's, a, it's a group who knows there's something more and is going to be damned that they find it. They will. They will. They find it no matter what. You just, you just know that there's something. Call it consciousness or divinity or spirit or just something more. This group is determined to find that. That's the what. And also, uh, it's also this group is also kind of what the... Uh, I didn't say it, uh, but you know what I'm thinking. What the... Yeah, what the... It's, in, a, in a way, it becomes... Like a way of living. You know, you know all the rules and the patterns, and you go, what the... F and just, I didn't say it. Uh, what the... F yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, in other words, you're just willing to let all the old patterns, the old 
paradigms down. What the? <laughs> I never said it. <laughs> okay. Where? Where? That's the next one. Who? What? Where? You're writing this article. Where does this take place? <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. All over the world. Oh. Except maybe North Korea. Maybe. No. Oh! <laughs> and Sweden, I heard. Oh. I'm going to wish bad kimchi on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, where again? All over the world. All over Everywhere. the world. Oh, good. Good. Any one particular place or places? Right here. Right here. <laughs> right now. Good. Good. Well, there are obviously more in more Shambra in Europe and the United States. Yeah. And why is that? Well, because there are, is uh, because the people in Europe are in general more conscious, and there's more. <laughs> oh! 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 Yeah, and it's, there's more, let's call it freedom, in the so-called Western world. Yes, a lot more freedom. Yeah. A lot more freedom, a lot more so. opportunity doesn't make one place better than the other. Uh, actually, in some places in the world, it comes as uh, such a, a beautiful gift to others because they live in places where there's dictators or there's tremendous suppression by religions or governments. But yes, there's a lot more freedom in some places of the world, and that gives you the opportunity to explore it. But please never forget about those who live in much more difficult uh, cultures and societies because they're as much a part of us as anyone. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you. One, one more what? Or uh, where? Where? Oh, the, none of these are far enough away. <laughs> well, they claim they have this light body and they can be in many places at the same time. Yeah, yeah. They can be here, they can be there, they can be multiple realities. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. What the? What the? Good. Yeah. Like so uh, my answer to that, where, where it depends on the perspective from which you're writing the article, but where all over the world, all over the world, it's a little easier sometimes in countries that offer uh, more freedom, uh, but it's happening all over the world. Humans are awakening and coming into their mastery. There are chambra all over the world. But where also refers to where is this taking place? Well, it's taking place here on the planet in this reality, but the where is also the and. It's all around. It's not singular. It's not just about occurring right here today as we're together. It's occurring in your dream states. It's occurring in the other realities. And what you're doing right now is having a profound effect on every past life that you've ever lived. They're going through the same process right now. That past lifetime is going to change so much that it will become unrecognizable even back then. It's, I don't want to get too far off on that now, but everything you're doing is changing everything you've done, ever, ever. It's not just where, as in today, here in Germany, or wherever you happen to be watching from. It's every past life, it's every future potential, it's every realm, it's in the angelic uh, and spirit realms, and it's right here. It's not singular, it's happening everywhere. Good. 
When? When? Who, what, where, when? In the article. When is this taking place? It's yesterday, it's today, and it's tomorrow. Yes. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we don't even need to really go any further with that one. Uh, when is, it's now, but as I just said, it's affecting everything. It is also happening to that past lifetime from, from four lifetimes ago. That lifetime is going through tremendous changes. Now, there is the historic facts about that lifetime. The date of birth, the date of death, uh, the dates when certain things happen. You could say it's like a, a, a like a video, a film of that lifetime, and it occurred. But right now, at this exact moment, with the changes that you're allowing into your life, it is creating another video right over the top, or you know, right above that other one, and right below, and right to each side. So that lifetime is no longer just a linear history going from point of birth to point of death. It is absolutely changing that. What you're doing here is changing everything in the past and you could say even in the future. It's not just about you sitting here right now as Joe Schmo or Mary Schmo in this lifetime. It's changing everything. So the next is why, why, why? You're writing the article, who, what, where, when, and why. Uh, because, why, sir? Because we can. Because you can. Good. But wh why? You can do a lot of other things. Yeah, because everything else would be just too boring. Everything else too boring. Good. Yes. Have you tried most other things? Almost, I would say most, yeah. all of them, yeah. I tried yeah. all of them, I know them, and, and now I'm, I'm ready for, for this. Yes. So Absolutely. Boredom, yeah. Boredom, yeah. Yeah. Um, and boredom, boredom is, um, is it's, its own prison. Boredom is, well, boring. <laughs> it's tedious. It, it's awful. And it will inspire you to go beyond. So why? Why? Because we have had been waiting for this so long time. Yeah, so long. And why not before now? Because now that's the right time. Now, why is it the right time? Why didn't you do it back because then? Because we have chosen. You've chosen, yeah. Okay, why did you choose that? <laughs> because we want this so much that there is nothing more we want more. No, okay. Um, good. Good, I'll go with that. Yeah. More whys? Why? A couple more whys. Get it? Wise. Why? 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 I heard it. Why not? But the yeah. most important thing is really why we why we feel um, we have uh, run along around uh, around long enough. Yes. We've waited. We have decided to do it. Yes. But we didn't. Yes. And now we feel the the. The passion is really inside growing. We, we are connecting to the, the, the first passion that the Air Force yeah, exists. Yeah. Good. And now we cannot hold back right. anymore. You know too much. Exactly. Good. We feel too much. Yeah, you feel too much. Mm -hmm. Good. One more. Why? Why? Uh, 
let me go way to the other side of the room. That's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mow down the photographer. Yes, why? Because we are God also. Good. Yeah. And creators. And creators, yeah. yes. Good. Uh, why? I, I'm going to get into the why in just a moment here. But uh, why? Because you can. Why? Because you're pirates. You want to be the first to do it uh, as a group. Why? Just because. Uh, and, and I will explain a little bit more of the why in a moment. And, and finally, this is an obvious, obvious answer. Simple answer. How? 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 What the hell have I been talking about for the last couple of years? How? Allowing. Allowing. This is all a very natural process. You call it evolution or whatever, but it's a natural process that's going to happen anyway. You actually don't need to earn it or work for it or be smart for it or uh, see who can live the most amount of lifetimes or least amount of lifetimes. It's just going to happen. And it happens when you allow. Most people don't realize that. It's a little key in the door. It's the secret. Allow. You just allow. You take a deep breath and allow. Now, allowing means that you're going to allow it. In other words, you don't allow and go, when, how, how quickly, and how big, and how... It's just allow. And then it happens. It happens in subtle ways and very profound ways. But the how is simply allowing. That's it. That's it. As I said in our first segment, once you stop working at enlightenment, realization, whatever you want to call it, once you stop working at it, then it's like magic. Suddenly the date is known. The date is known. If you're still working on it, you're still efforting it, you're still trying to figure out, that will make the date uh, unknown. It could be anything, anywhere. Once you stop and just allow, suddenly that date is there. You don't have to work at it anymore. Now you skip and dance and sing your way through uh, the rest of the experience of realization. That simple. Let's take a good deep breath. I'm running a little bit behind schedule, but ha, who needs schedules? <laughs> I'd like to explain a little bit more of the why. And to help you understand the why of this beautiful article that uh, is being written about you, I want to refer to a book that I wrote. I've told some of you about it, um, particularly the other night at our uh, book signing. It's a book that I wrote in the last few years of my life, not, not so very far from here, actually. And the book uh, came about, I, I was sitting to, down one day to simply write my memoirs, about notes that I would leave behind, and suddenly I felt as though I was uh, in a portal, opening up into a huge story, a very, very beautiful story, your story, about the Atlantean dream. I found myself in going into the future. I found myself first in the era where Machines were being developed, machines that would bring the industrial age, machines that would replace horses, machines that would replace the labor of humans, machines that would do big, heavy work, machines that could build other machines. 
And again, this was in the time of the Industrial Revolution. But as I began, as I continued writing the book, I suddenly found myself in a new time, what I call the time of machines. It's also the title of the book, the time of machines. And I found myself in this most amazing time. Now, you realize I didn't have the words or the references for a lot of things I wrote. I didn't know what a computer was. I called it simply a looking glass. But I found myself in this amazing time where things like artificial intelligence were being developed. That artificial intelligence that was growing so fast over just a span of uh, five or six decades from, from the implement, implementation of it to when it, well, got to a point where it was called singular, meaning beyond. But I found myself in this most amazing time of the machines, electronic machines, uh, where people were at their machines all day long. Not the big heavy machines that would lift rocks and build buildings and drive people around, but now machines that were so small, so compact, but could do amazing things. And I wrote in this book, which is going to come back again, I wrote in this book that these, there would come a point on this planet, there would come a point for humanity where there was something called virtual reality, where these funny little machines that humans carried with them all the time were, were so compelling and seductive that their heads would be stuck in it all the time, even when they walked, <laughs> when they were driving cars, when they were eating dinner with other people, when they were having sex, and their heads in these machines all the time, no matter what they were doing, brushing their teeth, combing their hair. And these machines, these electronic machines, would be so compelling and realistic that it could actually create other realities. Other realities. And it would start with games and toys and fun things, but it would eventually actually literally replace sex for many people, these machines. Because they could create a, a different reality, an altered reality, in which they could immerse into it. Artificial intelligence. And these machines became so efficient and so real-like and so uh, had such, uh, you could say, power to them, that these machines eventually replaced most things a human would do for themselves, and eventually replaced the human mind itself, to the point where humans were no longer thinking for themselves. They were no longer aware of anything other than the virtual reality that they were looking into. These machines were so hypnotic that people soon lost touch with this dimension. Not that this dimension is the only one, but people lost touch with that, engrossed in their machines. And it came to a point where there was a, a, an, an epic crossroads for humanity, a crossroads that had never been come to before in the history of mankind, a crossroads where Perhaps now, 
these machines were going to get so fast and so smart, they could actually create their own energy. You see, because artificial intelligence is designed to keep getting more and more intelligent, to keep taking intelligence from wherever it can, the intelligence that would even allow it to create energy for itself. So even when unplugged from the socket on the wall, the machines would continue to operate. It was the time of the machines all over the planet. And it was causing people everywhere to lose touch with themselves, with their identities, with their souls. And these machines got so efficient and even kind of human-like. Machines with their artificial intelligence that could try to replicate feelings and emotions and relationships. These machines got so intelligent that they actually surpassed what a human could do. And I'm talking about walking, thinking, everything, feeling, breathing. Machines that were so intelligent that they replicated breathing. They replicated everything that a human would do. And they kept on and on and on seeking more, because that's what artificial intelligence does. There was a small group on the planet at that time, a very small group, who understood what was happening. And it wasn't that they were trying to battle this thing called uh, virtual reality and artificial intelligence, but they realized that there was so much more. Instead of virtual reality, where one's head is in a screen all the time, this group realized there was multiple realities all around them. They realized that there is this dimension, but they also realized there is so much more going on in the multiple realities, not the virtual realities. And this group realized that at the core of everything, 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 was something called consciousness, awareness something that contained no energy or power, something that could not be measured, something that could not be taken from them or for them to take it from others. They realized that there was this thing called pure consciousness. Now, as it would be in the story, these machines had gotten so dominant, taking over nearly everything on the planet, there was one thing left. Just one thing that the machines couldn't replicate, didn't have, and they wanted it. This thing was consciousness. Consciousness. Now, in the book, and perhaps, perhaps acted out in this reality, in the book, the machines so desperately wanted what this small group had this thing called consciousness, that it tried within its intelligence to figure it out, to duplicate it, to measure it, to have power from it, to derive energy from it, but it could not, it could not. Because consciousness is pure and from spirit, cannot be made by any machine, cannot be taken by a machine cannot be given to a machine. 
A machine can pretend that it understands consciousness, but even in the greatest of artificial intelligences, it really can't even sense it. So in this story, with these consciousness pioneers on the planet who are bringing in this thing called consciousness, in the story, the machines are trying so desperately to get this last remaining thing that it doesn't have on this planet. It's trying to get consciousness that in its intelligence, it ends up destroying itself. Trying so hard to get something that it simply can't get. It destroys itself. It goes out of its artificial intelligence. It goes crazy. Absolutely crazy. And becomes the end of the time of the machines. I penned the book in 1793 not knowing all the terms that you have now. But I penned the book knowing that there would come a time. There would come a real, you could say, why you're here. Why you're on the planet at this time. Not because of the book. The book was merely glimpsing at your journey. Why you would come in at a certain time. Why you would choose now to be here on the planet. Why the need for consciousness is higher than ever. Higher than ever. It was a book, uh, 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 you could say a fiction, but it was also looking into the future of the planet. What you came here for was consciousness, to be conscious, embodied masters on the planet. I'm not saying there's going to be a big war with machines or anything like that. Even if you toned down the book, uh, in, in real, in reality, of what's really going to happen. You still have the issues with virtual reality and artificial intelligence, and there's still the need for consciousness on the planet right now. That's why you're here. That's why you chose now. That's why you're doing exactly what you're doing. I completed the book, and the manuscript still uh, is in existence, to the best of my wisdom. But I've asked Kaldra, with your energy and your support, to rewrite the book in contemporary times, with contemporary terms. The article, the story, the who, what, when, where, and why of you, Shambra, in the time of machines and the time of consciousness. Let's take a good deep breath with that. Now, I'd like to do a, a short mirab with Yoham, simply about consciousness. And I want to ex express one thing that Sometimes when I talk about this book, which indeed was written, uh, sometimes there's a fear, uh, what's going to happen next? That's the very, you could say, reason you came here, not, not the fear, but you came here to bring consciousness at a time when it's absolutely needed on the planet. You, you came here to harvest the seeds of divinity that you planted a long time ago. That's why you're here. So let's take a good deep breath, the breath of consciousness. There's no battles that are going to take place with the machines, not at all. The machines 
will end up destroying themselves. And isn't that like the mind itself? The mind always trying to find the answers? The mind trying to become more intelligent to glorify itself? The mind isolating the person from the other realities and from senses and feelings? The mind sheltering one off from the grandness of life and focusing on simply itself, the intelligence. You see, the mind, not just artificial intelligence, but the human mind will, will eventually do the same, will eventually go crazy if it's always pursuing more intelligence to be smarter, faster, more powerful. That's a big part of the experience that you've all had in your lives. That having to let go of that thing called the mind, which by itself is fine, but when it becomes the only thing, when it becomes the focus, when it becomes a tool of power, when it keeps you from sensing and feeling and remembering, it's time for that, for that mind to let go, to allow, to bring in the consciousness. Let's take a deep breath for consciousness itself. It contains no energy, it has no power. Is not greater than anyone else's consciousness. It can never be taken from you. You can never make it bigger. It is simply awareness, pureness. It's something that cannot be measured. You cannot have a greater consciousness level than any other being, but it is something that can be realized, allowed, something that you allow to come into your life. Each and every one of you has gone through so many struggles with the mind, with emotions, Your journey has brought upon a lot of doubt, a lot of confusion into your life. But we go beyond the mind now, not trying to get rid of it, not trying to deny it. We simply go beyond. Into consciousness, awareness. It's all done by allowing. You see, because when you're trying to work on your consciousness, it's really just the mind. When you're trying to effort into enlightenment, it's really just the mind working. But when you take a deep breath and you just allow, open up, now the consciousness can be here with you.
Time of Machines is a book about you, your journey, your bringing of consciousness into your life and therefore into the potentials of this planet. Perhaps the name, the title will change. It was very appropriate back then, the Time of Machines. But I know one thing is certain that the subtitle will be The Time of Consciousness. Let's take a deep breath with that and just allow, just allow. Now, I'd like to have Linda come back on the stage. Thank you, my dear. We're going to do a little transitioning, some breathing with Linda, some music with Johan, and bring in a dear friend of all of ours, Kathumi Lal Singh. So. For now, I'll sign out as Adamas, such a delight to be here with each and every one of you. I'll return tomorrow for a day of sensuality. But now, let's transition into Katumi. And so it is. And so it is. I invite each of us, as Jeff allows this transition from Adamas to Katumi, to be there in support, meaning take the good deep breath, the breath of allowing, that breath that opens us to consciousness, each and every one of us. Take the good deep breath and feel as these energies of Kathumi, oh, must be so close by. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, the breathing is working. <laughs> Take the good deep breath. Oh my goodness, it's already here. Oh my goodness. Stay with the breath. Stay with the breath and breathe. Feel and allow. Breathe. Breathe as the music plays. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh yeah, take the good deep breath. Take the good deep breath. Deeply flowing, each of us, allowing the consciousness, the awareness. Oh, my goodness, keep breathing. Mmm, oh, this doesn't happen very often. Keep breathing. Oh. Goodness. Breathe. Breathe namaste.
I am the simple master Good fortune on my way I am the king of disaster Don't you beep my brain I am the simple master Good fortune's on my way I am the king of disaster Don't you beep my brain Inside out, upside down Life's a roller coaster sometimes High or low, rich or poor It's really just a state of mind Namaste! 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 It is I, Katumi, here for my annual visit with Shambra. <laughs> Such a happy, happy, warm feeling to be here with each and every one of you. Namaste! Namaste! Now, you see, Adamas, he, he gets to have the stage with each and every one of you, at least once a month, if not more. But I, Kutumi, have the delight and pleasure of being with you all the time, oh. all the time, working with you in your day-to-day -day life and in your dreams, telling you jokes uh, at times that are most difficult in your life just to get you to smile again working with you to remind you that this whole path to mastery is nothing more than allowing to get you a little bit lighter in your feet and certainly much lighter in your mind that is my joy that is my commitment to each and every one of you so even though i only come here but once a year i am always always with you now, <laughs> but I already have 22 wives. <laughs> now, I would like to tell a little bit about my life after realization, as I've done many times before. But I'd like to tell it from a little bit different perspective. Because there is this question that comes up from so many of you. What happens? What happens after my realization? Is it going to be boring? Am I going to wonder what to do all day long? Am I going to find uh, it so totally intolerant to be on the planet as Adama sometimes alludes to? But I was here for many years after my realization, after my breakdown. Oh, that breaking down of the mind. I think it was the best gift ever. I truly do. I was so obsessed. I was so mental. I was so much into searching for the answers through mathematics or science or philosophy that I could have gotten so very trapped and stuck. 
the breakdown of my mind, perhaps the best thing that ever happened. It was two years of time where I laid in my bed, but that is such a short amount of time for the many gifts I received. So the question comes from you, what do you do all day long as a realized embodied master? Let me share a little bit of my story. Now last year I talked about, I just started walking. I put one foot in front of the other and just started walking. I didn't know where I was going to go to, see, because my mind had stopped asking those questions. I had transcended all of that, so it made no difference whatsoever where I went. It was just about putting one step, one foot in front of the other, and starting to walk. So I started my journey, journey to myself, journey simply to go visit the planet. I started the walking, and I started visiting, and I started talking talking to everything. I talked to anything that I came in contact with, and some would say it, it's crazy to talk to a tree, but try it sometime. As an embodied master, it's phenomenal, because you see now the tree starts talking to you. So as I was walking one day, I stopped beneath a large, beautiful tree, and I said, Hello, tree. How are you today? And the tree replied, you know. It replied, and it said, I am a tree. I'm doing fine. And how are you? And I said, I am a master. I am doing fine. And the tree said to me, you're a bit different than the other humans who have come by. You're actually talking to me. And instead of just peeing on me, you're actually sitting here talking to me. What makes, what makes you so different, human? And I said, I simply went out of my mind. I'm crazy, and I love it. And I said to the tree, Tree, you remind me a lot of myself back before I went crazy. You see, my feet were stuck in the ground, much like yours. I couldn't really move. I mean, I had legs, but I was so stuck in what I was doing. I couldn't really move. I couldn't really explore. So in a way, I was like you, Tree. and. You see, I was like you also because I had branches, branches that stuck out. And these branches were my ancestors, my family. And I held on to this ancestral tree. I held on to all the ghosts of my ancestors and even to my own past. So in a way, I was much like you, Tree. But now I'm free. Now I just go out visiting, walk around, 
and I talk to trees. And dear tree, may you be blessed with the same freedom that I'm blessed with, where you're not so stuck in the ground, you're not so stuck in all the old family memories, where you're free to be you, tree. And the tree then literally reached down with two of its big branches and hugged me in the sweetest, most tender way. Was I crazy? Was I in this fool's paradise that Adamus talks about? No, my friends, I was free. I was free. And then I kept walking and visiting. And one day I came to a river, and I sat down beside the river, and I said, Hello, river. And the river said back to me, Hello, human. You see, in realization, in freedom, you'll discover that there's never a boring day because trees and rivers, they can talk to you. And the tree said, What are you doing, human? Most people just want to cross me, but you sit down to talk to me. What are you doing, human? And I said, I don't know. And it doesn't matter because I'm free. And I said, Dear River, I, I used to be like you. I used to be running all the time. I used to be trying to find my source. I used to be trying to go back into the big ocean, back into the oneness. And I said, But then I stopped. I ceased. I ceased searching and wandering and trying to get back to something that I had no idea where it was or what it was. I stopped trying to get back into the big ocean. I set myself free. So dear river, may you be blessed also with the same freedom of always trying to find the source, always trying to go back to the oneness, to your ocean. May you be sovereign dear river. And in great joy, the river sent out a splash of water that completely covered me, completely cleansed me, and refreshed me. And I kept walking and walking, and then one day I ran across a bird, a beautiful bird, a beautiful bird. And I said, Hello, bird. How are you today? And the bird responded, I'm fine. And how are you, dear human? And I said, I'm fine. I'm free. And the bird said, You're a very unusual human. Most humans don't stop to talk to birds, but you do. What is it that's about you? And I said, Well, dear bird, I'm free. I'm very free. And the bird interrupted me. The bird said, but, but you don't have wings like I do, so how can you be free? And I said, dear bird, if you look a little closer, indeed you'll see the wings. They're not physical like yours, but I have wings, and the wings are all of my dreams, all of my desires, and these wings that I have. 
they set me free. They allow me to go beyond even the limitations of a physical body. These wings of an angel that I have allow me to go into the and. So dear bird, while you have bring wings that bring you into the air, I have wings that bring me into the and. The bird was so rejoiceful, so thankful, that it literally took one of the feathers off its body and gave it to me as a blessing. And then, as I continued my walk, I came upon a butterfly, and I said, Hello, dear butterfly. How are you today? And the butterfly, flapping its wings in excitement, said, I'm fine, dear human. And how are you? And I said, I'm fine, dear butterfly, because I'm free. I'm free to just walk, to sense, to feel. And the butterfly said, well, dear human, you're so different. Most humans try to catch me and pin me onto um, something and put me on the wall, but here you are talking to me. There's something so different about you. And I said, yes, indeed, dear butterfly. Some say I'm crazy, but the fact is I'm free. And I said, dear butterfly, what was it like? What was it like going from being simply an insect, a caterpillar, and then going into your cocoon and emerging a butterfly? And the butterfly laughed and said, dear human, I barely remember it. I barely remember. I've heard stories that it's the most difficult thing to go through, but I barely remember because once I was free, once I had emerged as the butterfly, none of that mattered anymore. The butterfly and I just sat there for a moment together in amazement of this whole process of awakening and then finally freedom. And the butterfly came and landed on my head for a moment, fluttered its wings, giving me a blessing as I shared a blessing with it and then flew off. And I could feel, I could feel the freedom, the release, the same one that I had gone through in my transformation. And I barely remembered my time of having the mental breakdown either. I continued walking and visiting until one day I came to a village, a small village. Small village with people, people going about their everyday work and their everyday business. And I felt the energy change, you know, being with humans, being with people. It was very different than visiting with butterflies, talking to trees, communicating with the river. And I came to this village and it felt so harsh and different. But I continued to smile because I was happy indeed. I continued to whistle because it filled my heart and my soul with my own song. 
And as I came into the village, I nodded and smiled to the different people that I saw. And I said, hello, village people. How are you doing today? Hello, village people. And I was almost shocked at what came next. Instead of joy, instead of happiness, instead of talking to me like the butterflies and the trees and the rivers and the birds, well, I could just sense and feel that they thought I indeed was in fool's paradise, that I was crazy. And then, without them really saying the words, I can almost feel them singing or shouting at me, shouting something that, well, this is what it went like. He's gone. Nuts, bunkers, what went so crazy? Staring at the wall. But not because he's lazy. His mind is just a mess. But his senses are ignited. His aspects are rebelling. But his soul is so delighted. <laughs> and that's what I heard from the village people, my friends. And that's what I heard. How sad it was after being in nature and talking to the trees and the butterflies and the river. How sad it was indeed to have this whole feeling of being called the fool, the idiot. Just because I had set myself free, just because I had let myself go. And you may find that also in what you're doing, in your embodied enlightenment. You may hear the voices of those village people from time to time, the ones who might say that you're crazy, that you are indeed a fool. You might hear those voices from the ones who are the closest to you. You might hear those voices from the ones who call you friends, the ones who you've shared many times on this planet with. You might hear those voices over and over again. But dear friends, just remember, what is the real fool's paradise? What is the real fool's paradise, and who are the ones that are really crazy? I continued my journeys, continued going from village to village, from forest to forest, continued to talk to the sky, talk to the rocks, talk to the earth itself, as you will do, and you'll you'll learn that they talk back. Maybe not in human words, but they talk back as well. You meet amazing people along the way. Not so many, but you meet enough amazing people to make it all worthwhile. And then every once in a while, you're going to hear the voice of the village people. You're going to hear the voice of humans who just think you're crazy. You're going to hear them and we'll do it again, something like this. He's gone! Nuts, because Wonko and so crazy. Staring at the wall. But not because he's lazy. His mind is such a mess. But his senses are ignited. His aspects are rebelling. 
but his soul is so delighted. Indeed. Indeed. So, my dear friends, such an honor to be here with you once again. Just a reminder that there's never, never, ever a boring day for an embodied master. Everything will talk. Everything will have sounds. Everything will communicate. Whether it's in words, whether it's simply in feelings, everything opens up and becomes so very, very sensual. But remember, you'll have the encounters with the village people, the ones who don't understand, the ones who think you're crazy, the ones who try to put you down and ridicule you. But that's when you take a deep breath and simply allow, simply sense and simply feel. So let's take a good deep breath together as we complete this day. Let's take a good deep breath together with the music of Johann. With that, I am, I am indeed, Kathumi. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you.